0: Um, this, uh, sermon is titled, where are you looking? And I titled it that because we are living in a time where there's a lot of confusion. There is a lot to look at. Like if you look at the map of the U S right now, which I'm not asking you to do that, but let's just say, let's, let's just imagine that there's a lot of different colors, right? A lot of different shapes. A lot of different movements just layered on with statistics and numbers and fear and beyond the colors, beyond the symbols, beyond the shapes, there are just so many voices. There are so many voices crying out right now and everyone has something to say. Right. Everyone has something to say about the virus, about wearing masks. You know, there are concerns about going back to school in the fall. We have nurses and people in the medical field that have a voice. We have political opinions, Black Lives Matter movements. We've got words of accusation in almost every social media post. YouTube isn't even fun anymore. Okay. Like there is anxiety and fear and sickness and trauma. And there is just so much that we're facing right now as a nation. And my big question, and honestly, my big struggle is, is okay, I, I see this and I see this and I see this and I hear that and I hear that and I hear that. And then it's like, well, where's, where's the Holy Spirit right now? Like, how am I gonna hear the Holy Spirit today? through all of this rubble and I don't know if I'm alone on this but if you're struggling with that too like I don't blame you but today we're going to look at Stephen's story and try to focus on how he heard the Holy Spirit how he was led by the Holy Spirit and this passage couldn't be more timely in my life and I hope that you are equally uplifted by it a little bit of background on you know The book of Acts, like we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all about Jesus, Jesus being the Messiah. He ascended into heaven, boom, book of Acts, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit has come for the church to fill up the church. And Stephen is the example of the acts of the Holy Spirit, an example of what it meant to be filled and to operate and to hear the Holy Spirit. Stephen was full of God's power, full of his grace. He was doing signs and wonders, and he was a bold witness. And when he was confronted by the Pharisees, he was able to answer. He was able to give them an answer because he was filled with the Spirit, and they couldn't stump him, no matter how hard they tried. And so they lied. They lied just like they lied about Jesus so that he could be brought to counsel and they could eventually stone him. So how did Stephen react to that? As the video said, he was like, let me show, let let me use this platform, right? That that was his reaction. (laughs) Let me use this platform. And Stephen declared the whole truth to this council from the beginning, from the beginning of Abraham all the way till now. He's like, he calls them out and he says, you have continued to reject the Holy Spirit. You've continued to reject God. In verse 51, it says, he says, he concludes with this. He says, you stiff necked people, your hearts and ears are uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed the one who predict. they even killed those who predicted the, the coming of the righteous. And now you have betrayed and murdered him See, Stephen confirms that there is a history of those who are deceived who call themselves children of God, and yet they never actually knew God. They never opened their hearts to what the Holy Spirit was revealing to them. And this is my conviction. This is, this is, my, this is my deep conviction. As people of God who claim to know him, are we actually listening to the Holy Spirit? Or are we just speaking on his behalf? Is this more of our MO? I plugged my computer in before. These days are getting harder and harder, and the voices are getting equally louder and louder. Mine included, okay? I'm in this too. I'm speaking to myself. But through this week of studying, I've discovered that I have fallen into a belief pattern that is not an accurate perception of the Holy Spirit, And my own role in this season as a believer has been like greatly challenged. So I want to share with you some revelations this morning. And if any of these points resonate with you as well, just know you're not alone. Uh, We can walk in this together. So lie number one, I think the Holy Spirit is out of touch with reality. I think the Holy Spirit is out of touch with reality. Holy Spirit doesn't really know can't empathize with the overwhelming statistics, numbers, and trauma, and emotion that we all have right now. Holy Spirit doesn't, does not get it. Therefore, let me just do my thing and just try to survive, right? Let me just try to survive on my own down here and just figure it out. This is me. Is this you? <laughs> because either way, it's not working. And as believers, we need, we need more. We need more. And I think this mentality is is a severe agent for tearing down the body of Christ. Why? Because it's maintaining a sense of blindness. It's maintaining a sense of blindness. It's maintaining a sense of deafness. We're learning to become comfortable in that. And my question is, in this season, have you learned to become comfortable in not striving to hear the holy spirit because this is the truth about the holy spirit this is all from scripture and google but google told me through scripture uh, google told me the verses okay this is the truth of the holy spirit holy spirit is our helper and our comforter he is the one who comes alongside us the holy spirit is our teacher and our guide He's the revealer of the Father's purpose and everything God has made available to us. He is the anointed one who is within us and upon us. He is our prayer partner. Do you need a prayer partner? He's our prayer partner. He's God's intimate presence with us. And so Stephen's example was moment by moment dependence moment by moment dependence on this incredible knowledge that the holy spirit is here inside of me leading me he is he he saw where where the anointing where the help where the comfort and insight was coming from and he remained plugged into the source he remained plugged into this relationship moment by moment so what is the lie the lie is that the holy spirit is out of touch with reality and the truth is the Holy Spirit is the king of being in touch with reality, and we need to be in touch with the Holy Spirit. We need to plug into the source. Lie number two, um, I don't know who my enemy is anymore. This is an actual quote from me from a few weeks ago. I don't know who my enemy is anymore. I went from this at the beginning of 2020, I went from like having no enemies to suddenly... I have a lot of enemies, right? All these people are against me now. I've got hurt feelings, you know, now from from certain parties, from certain opinions that don't understand what I feel, don't understand my story, and it it just makes me want to armor up. It makes me angry. I want to like Wakanda forever. This thing, you know, just like fight back, and. I was kind of at a breaking point when I went and saw my acupuncturist a couple of weeks ago, and that's what I said to her. She's a believer, and I was like, I don't know who my enemy is anymore. And she was like, Megan, you have one enemy. <laughs> you have one enemy, and it's not people. It's the devil. If you if you have a person as your enemy, we're we're called to pray for them, not not conclude them, cut them off. Like you're you're over. We trust God with them. And we see that in, in, in Stephen's example, ha, how he acted toward his enemies, right? He acu- they accused him. They accused him of lying. And he had a face of an angel. <laughs> While being stoned, um, he prayed for their forgiveness, right? He said, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So the lie is, I have a lot of enemies. That's a lie the truth is, I only have one enemy. I only have one enemy and that's the devil. I pray for everyone else. I forgive everyone else. And so you might be saying, but Megan, it's, you know, it's not society I have a problem with. Obviously you can't hold a non-believer accountable to God, but It's the not, it's like the blind believers. It's the ones who claim to see, who are insanely blind to truth and to love and, and to the gospel, the truth of the gospel. They seem more damaging than anyone else, right? And this is the profound revelation that I had this week that was really eye-opening and sobering because all throughout the, all, all throughout the Bible, we see, we see this, we see blindness is a human thing we see blindness is a human condition right it's not just like from this age to this age they were blind no it's a human thing and god god calls us out he knows this he he he's obviously aware right he identifies it he makes a way for those to, who, who, are, who want to see, to see, he saves us through his son, Jesus. There is freedom now from the law. And we now can like, we have this free gift of grace through faith in Christ Jesus that like whosoever believes, like whosoever. I love it. This is so simple. The gospel is so simple and powerful. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your A++ credentials are. And we see this—the man hanging next to Jesus on the cross. How did he earn paradise? Jesus, is like, you're gonna—you're—I'll see you in paradise. It's because he believed. He believed. It clicked. It's not about me. It's not about what I can do in all of my good works. Jesus did it. It is finished on the cross. He's the Messiah. This is—this is the answer. But like all throughout history, we see that humans—they don't want Jesus. They don't want the Holy Spirit. They killed Jesus. Humans, humans killed Jesus. Humans killed Stephen, who was full of the Holy Spirit. These people, humans, will continue, like we will continue to see people more obsessed with religion and the law. This is the reality, with religion, with the law, with crossing off boxes and putting God into a formula But they would kill the anointing. They would kill the anointed if they had the chance because they can't actually see. And Jesus, Jesus himself said it like, you're gonna come before me and say, oh, we did this in your name and that in your name. And he's like, I never knew you. I never knew you. These are people who never, ever, ever come to know the living God. And this is a very, very serious revelation and a very serious concern that we should all have right now in this era of our nation, especially. Stephen clearly had a concern, right? Otherwise he wouldn't have said anything. So this is a moment that like, I wanna to offer to you. Take a moment and, and, and search yourself. Do I actually know the living God? Do I actually know him? And then as believers of those who who have seen, who have believed, we should also be concerned, right? We should be concerned about this ongoing reality. We should be aware, right? But should we be discouraged? Do we deem those, those who are blind as though they are useless? Will the blind always lead, just like always remain blind? Well, that's lie number three because what we see through Stephen's story is significant this is the truth Stephen taught us Stephen taught us to look at the blind with hope with faith empowered by grace because you never know what God is doing in their hearts through your obedience to the holy spirit and we see this in the story of Paul the first time we learn about Paul who was then Saul but I'll keep calling him Paul because it gets confusing Paul was at the end of Stephen's life. You see, young Paul was a Pharisee at the time, and he literally witnessed the first martyr, Stephen. That's not a coincidence. That's that's an alignment. God is always writing a bigger story. And Paul had no idea what God was going to do in his life. And yet Stephen remained in the spirit. He remained faithful even until death so that Paul could get a glimpse into his life and his future. This is incredible. God wants people to see. This is his agenda on the earth. He so loves the world. He so loves the world. He so wants the world to know him. He so wants us to have this as the understanding to have the same heart in our day-to-day lives, in our day-to-day relationships. Is there someone in your life right now that is blind? Maybe it's blatantly clear, maybe it's becoming clear to you during this time, like this person might not actually know the living God. I encourage you, don't be discouraged. What I see from Stephen's story is this, not only should we pray, Pray for them, forgive them, but we should ask the Holy Spirit to use us to help them see. Use me, Lord. Empower me that others may see. Start there and trust God's God's story. Will there be sacrifice? Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. According to God, it's always worth it. So Stephen was aware of how in touch the Holy Spirit was in his life and those around him. He called out the blind for resisting the Holy Spirit, and he died forgiving those that, that stoned him. So how do I get there? How do we get to the point where we operate in the Spirit? Well, first of all, we need to acknowledge that there is a fight between our flesh and our spirit. Uh, you can read about this in Galatians. Galatians chapter five is a really great passage if you haven't read it in a while, but it talks all about how there's a fight. Uh, verse 16 says, "So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh." You basically, it's always going to be this choice to do one or the other, and you can, and you can even read through it and kind of compare like your own life decisions. Like when were times when I did what my flesh wanted to do and it like brought death, right? And then when were times where I did what God wanted me to do, even though it didn't make sense and I trusted him and it brought like life and peace, right? Like there's, there's a fight. And even the psychologist in me wants to deduce and try to figure all of those things out on my own. Like I just told you as an example, but that's because I want to still take control of my life and do what's right based on my understanding. And, and this is where legalism takes over again. But we have to, we need help beyond our understanding. We need the Holy spirit. We need to be totally dependent on the Holy spirit. And this is the humility factor that makes someone like Stephen really stand out in his ministry. He is not leaning on his own understanding. He is filled with the spirit. So how do we get filled with the spirit? I'm getting there. How do we incorporate him in our lives? Jesus made it pretty simple. He said to ask, (laughs) he said, ask. Holy Spirit's a gift. God wants to give us this gift and he's available today. If you're lacking the Holy Spirit, ask for more of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of conversation surrounding what that act, what it means to be filled, or baptized, or sealed, or all these things. This is what I know: the Holy Spirit's available today. Do you need the Holy Spirit? Ask for more. Jesus's encouragement is to approach this like a child, and I think Stephen had this down. Approach it like a child. If you can imagine a five-year-old. Uh, Praying for a miracle. If you've ever seen a child do that, it's the best thing ever because there's just this simple faith, right? It's a it's a logic transaction of like, oh, okay, I, and I and I love that mentality because there's no room for unbelief or fear or anxiety. You just you just ask like a child, and you know pretend to be a child when you ask. But I believe that Jesus says to ask because he understands that this is essential, especially for a time right now. We need the Holy Spirit, so ask and keep asking. Make it a goal, make it a morning routine where you identify what you need and ask for more and trust that he wants to give it to you. Trust and receive. You can never ask for too much. And just as a reminder, this isn't about you changing you. The pressure is not for you, to change. This isn't about your works and your goodness and your this, that, and the other. This is a supernatural transaction. This is 100% leaning on the grace of God for what he can do in you, through you, around you. This is an open invitation. And what does Stephen say? He says, don't resist it. Don't resist this open invitation. And I just have to say, Last, you know, yesterday I was reading through my notes and I um, was like still struggling with the application portion, right? Because I'm just like, you know, the discussion questions, they're a little bit more meditative and, you know, it takes a minute to really let it sink in, you know? So I, yesterday I was, I, I took a minute and I was like, Lord, what do I need? And I was like, I identified what was missing and it was like, I feel really lonely. Like I'm alone, living alone right now for not forever, but right now. And I am like, what does the Holy Spirit offer? Well, he offers comfort. And it, it really was like, I had to go through layers of pride to get to that childlike place and ask for comfort, like in total humility, realizing that this is what's missing in my life and I need you to intervene. And I cannot describe how quickly he met me. And it, all it took was this openness and this childlike faith to ask. I'm telling you, I went to sleep with so much joy. I woke up with so much joy. He has so much he wants to give us if we open our hearts and not resist. So, in conclusion, I just, um, if we, I wrote down just some final thoughts. If we want to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we have to align with God's heart. We have to trust that he is 100% in touch with ours. We have to look for what he's saying, not what we're feeling, not what we're seeing, not what we're hearing, not our flesh, but what he is saying. Forgive those who hurt us, period, the end. Remember to pray for those who can't see. Don't accuse them. Don't hate on them. Just pray. Pray God open their eyes and ask the Holy Spirit to use your story to open others' eyes. And lastly, ask for the Holy Spirit on a daily, hourly basis because he is our helper at all times. Um, I I was just going to end with one more thing here. Um, And then if, Vincent, if you could if you could put in the discussion questions. We're gonna break out in a moment, but um, for those who have been a part of the church for a while, you know that I've taught a couple workshops um, called Emanuel Journaling. And this is something that came to me this week where I was like, you know, I, I, I think I'd like to teach another one. So if anyone's interested, it's basically a way of journaling where you can basically practice to listen to the Holy Spirit, like in your own day-to-day life. And you just learn to become familiar with his voice. The point of this incredible story of Stephen is that like, Stephen wasn't listening to his voice. He was listening to the Holy Spirit, which means there's a different voice that we need to practice listening to. And as I started doing manual journaling, I started to recognize, wow, like the Holy Spirit has a different voice than me. And I I became more hungry for it because I, I saw how, Icky, icky I can go in my own thought patterns and hearing just like this other way this this way of life this life peace and, and, and you know love it, it's love very love focused so if you're interested in that you know you can message me or um, write me in the chat pers- privately and um, I'd like to do another workshop but um, we're, we're gonna break out in our groups um, it's gonna be like three or four so if you Have a kid, make sure you put children or kid at the front of the device. Um, These are the questions. Um, Go around, introduce yourself and share one thing about Stephen's story that stuck out to you. Um, Next, have someone read Galatians 5, 22 through 23. It's just two verses. What are some fruits of the spirit um, you have struggled to see lately, like in the world, in your own life? Like name those fruits, like what was missing? How does it make you feel when those are missing? Stephen leaned on the Holy Spirit for grace and power, boldness, miracles, wisdom, forgiveness, hope until death. Knowing the Holy Spirit can empower you. What what would you like from the Holy Spirit in this season? What do you want? And in response to his final prayer, who is someone that you feel called to pray for? Someone that you know, like your heart needs to change for them and you need to pray for them or forgive them. Um, ask for their eyes to be open so let this be a discussion discussion like don't worry about answering all the questions but I encourage you to meditate on these questions later um, and just let Holy Spirit speak to you Um, but I'm gonna pray and then we'll break out if you're not gonna be in a breakout just um, let Elizabeth know in the in the chat um, so it's a little bit easier for her but let's pray Father God, um, thank you for this word thank you for what your whole what your spirit is doing in us even now. we ask that you bless our um, discussion time and that it would um, that you would just that you would speak that you would make your heart known that you you would bring deeper revelation to um, this season for each of us and um, yeah we surrender it all to you in Jesus name we pray amen all right we're going to break out.